Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the FYI podcast where we talk about faith, life, adulting, relationship, finances, and so much more. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. Look, we're your hosts of the FYI podcast. And like Micah said, we love unpacking one question each week that comes from you as the listener, as somebody who watches or streams on YouTube. You Mm -hmm. can, of course, subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of FYI podcast, which is the message of Jesus, the hope that we find in the gospel. And you can also reach out to us on Instagram or through www.fyi-podcast.com for a chance to get your question answered, questions that you have about theology or faith mm-hmm. or life or relationships, even mm-hmm. startups, adulting. We're ready. Let's unpack today's question. Do you want me to ask the question? Bring it. Ooh, well, here is the question that has come from one of our listeners. And it simply says or states, I want to understand the holiness of God. Sheesh. How do we answer that? The I, holiness of God. Oh, man. Have you have you ever had a time, babe, where you've been like breathless or speechless or thoughtless or almost wordless? Breathless when I run up the stairs, I'm out of shape. Just kidding. Oh man, I think I th- I can think of a time when I was like in awe and wonder of God's creation. Okay. Through like landscape, through beauty. And if you've ever been to Alaska, you know that Alaska, depending where you're at, is one of the most beautiful places. It's just breathtaking. Like Mm -hmm. it literally looks fake. Stunning. The pictures that I took cannot even capture what my eyes were taking in. And it's like, if, if the earth looks like this, and this is our playground as Christians and as believers, what in the heck does heaven look like? Because if it has streets made of gold and all these stones and jade and rubies and everything else it's like how much more beautiful is heaven than you know i think i saw a glimpse of heaven whether it's a sunset or a sunrise or just the beautiful landscape that your eyes cannot even comprehend with your brain or your brain can't comprehend what your eyes are seeing and it just makes you feel so small so i think it's like through nature where i think i felt the smallest or i'm like in the most awe of god of like mm-hmm. holy cow like who in the world am i like we're smaller than an ant mm-hmm. in this grand scheme of timeline, space, everything. So yeah, I don't know. What about you? No, I, I just the comment on yours. Um, when we catch a glimpse of how small we are and futile, we catch a glimpse of the vastness of God and mm-hmm. nature sometimes totally mm-hmm. causes us to have yeah. that realization and and that moment. I think for for mine, I would talk about becoming a dad and, and don't check out if you're not a parent yet. I almost hesitate to, to share this example because it's one of those moments where I had heard people explain something like this, but I had no concept of the gravity of it. You haven't experienced until it until I experienced yeah. it myself. But when there was a global pandemic and I didn't even know if I'd be in the hospital room mm-hmm. And craziness in our world is breaking out. And I was able to be there Mm -hmm. and you had a Mm C-section. And so they're taking care of you and they place Aurora baby girl in my arms for the first time. I remember being speechless. I remember being in awe of how Mm -hmm. incredible God is 
similar to like creation, but a little bit different. This yeah. one was like, I'm holding new life. Mm-hmm. I'm holding a breathing, blinking being that I had uh, no concept. God left for this, you in no charge of. Yeah. Yeah. How in the world? And <laughs> being a dad, I just need, I remember being speechless, breathless, in awe and wonder. And I think for this question, mm. love that you asked it. Our words are going to fall short on oh, this one. For sure. Holiness is like a category unto itself. And I'm okay admitting on this one that I'm not an expert mm-hmm. of the holiness of God. I don't even have the capacity to comprehend or completely answer this question. And I, <laughs> I don't know if any of us as Christ's followers, we can go to his word. We can unpack the concept broadly, yeah. but I love this quote from A.W. Tozer in a book called The Knowledge of the Holy. Here's what he said. A pastor <laughs> in 1960s in Chicago, a busy pastor said, God's holiness is not simply the best we know, infinitely bettered. We know nothing like the divine holiness. He says it stands apart, unique, catch this, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. Holy is Mm -hmm. the way God is to be holy. He does not conform to a standard. He is that standard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that kind of helps me go okay, I'm not alone. Kind of having my words fall short Yeah. to describe God's holiness. Yeah. Well, it's just understanding like the gravity and the magnitude of the holiness. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who saw even the face of Jesus or face of God, sorry, like would f- die, right? Because mm-hmm. he's so holy. Like we can't, mm-hmm. our sin cannot withstand his holiness if we were to see him face to face, Right. I mean, beginning towards the beginning, Moses, yeah, Old Testament kind of Exodus Mm -hmm. and Genesis and all those books. And he talks about the people of God, the activity of God, the divine intervention when a bush burned. Yeah. He had to take off his feet because he was standing on what? Holy ground. Holy ground. Yeah. There was an awe, a reverence. He had to like drop to his knees. It was like such a powerful force that he didn't know what to do. So he took his sandals off. Mm -hmm. I think of when it describes him coming down from spending 40 (laughs) days on the side of a mountain with God, Mm -hmm. it was like he was tanned and his skin was like burnt. He was barely recognizable because his countenance shone so bright because he had been with God. Yeah. And I would just say like, because of this question, I literally got my Bible dictionary to just define what they describe as holiness or That's holy. Place to start. And there's lots of um, references. So there's anything from Leviticus all the way down to Revelation, but I'm just going to read what they have, just what holy is. Holy is moral and ethical wholeness or perfection, freedom from evil, from moral evil. Holiness is one of the essential elements of God's nature required of his people, Holiness may also be rendered as sanctification or godliness. The word holy denotes that which is sanctified or set apart for divine service. And while holiness is sometimes used as like the ceremonial things that kind of gives those references, but also gets down to the point that um, Jesus was the very perfection of holiness. And we can look anything from Matthew 5, 2, um, Matthew 12, 7 or 12, 7. And the Bible emphasizes the divine attributes of holiness in 
who is like you, O Lord, Exodus 15, 11. So it goes through all these different things of just the, the word holy that's used in the Bible and the words that are, I don't know, helping the word set apart, like set apart is so, is so um, important in this understanding of the holiness of God. And like Josiah said, like we are never going to be able to, on this side of eternity, understand, comprehend the holiness of God. And I think we can we can see a glimpse into the holiness of God mm-hmm. only because if we have and take the time to look at our own sin. Yep. So if we look at our own sin, our own sinful nature, our fleshly desires, our decisions, the things that where we feel guilt or we feel shame and we recognize that Jesus Christ came on a cross mm-hmm. to cast sin as far as east is to the west. And he died and hung on the cross and rose three days later in our place because of our sin as humanity mm-hmm. and every human under that, I think that is just a demonstration of like, if we can understand our sin, we begin begin to see a glimpse of God's holiness because he sent his son in our place. So I think if you can even just pray like, Lord, help me to even understand your holiness. Well, I would challenge you to even take some time just to reflect on what Jesus did on the cross. Yep. Because he was the perfect sacrifice, mm-hmm. fully God, fully man in our place on that cross. And I'm not talking just for this day and age. He was on the cross for past, present, and future sins. Like my sin for tomorrow that I have not yet even committed, it's already taken care of because of the blood on the cross. Does that mean that I sin intentionally? No, but we all fall short of the glory of God. But if we can recognize our sinful nature, it begins to uncover the character of Christ in in and God, but also helps us realize like, whoa, we have that whoa moment, right? Yep. And speaking of whoa, do you have a whoa? I whoa. do. I do. And, and even before we do for just a second, I, I love this quote by John Piper and he describes prayer. A way to look at prayer is interaction with the holy. For sure. If there's only one who's holy, it's God. And he made a way through Jesus, mm-hmm. his son on the cross for us to be reconciled to him and have right relationship. His spirit dwells in us. This triune God prayer Piper says is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. And what's crazy is he he goes on to say that prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a little bit of the situation that I want to set up and try to set up in looking at Isaiah six, which in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says that he saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. If you can imagine this, above God Almighty, there were seraphim, and each of those had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy holy, holy is the Lord almighty. And the whole earth is filled with his glory Mm -hmm. and catch this at the sound of the seraphim's voices, the doorpost and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah's response Mm -hmm. to this vision or this reality of seeing God, Mm -hmm. he says, word one, woe to me. Mm -hmm. He cried, 
I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Mm-hmm. He saw God. Mm-hmm. And the angels and the seraphim are angels. So the angels were the ones saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So if you don't know who he was referring to right there, even the angels in heaven were even in awe and wonder of God. And Isaiah's nickname is the silver tongue prophet. And I think in Isaiah six, mm-hmm. here you have the silver tongue prophet with his tongue tied speechless. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. with nothing other to say is woe to me. What does woe mean? He says, he's holy. I'm not God's worthy. I'm not. And number one, there's a despair in a woe. Mm-hmm. I really think there's this sense of I'm doomed I have an absence of hope because I don't even deserve to be in his presence. Right. It's like that breathtaking, powerful, majestic, mysterious, even mystical. Number two, there's Mm -hmm. a sorrow in a woe. Mm -hmm. There really is like a mourning in advance, kind of hand in hand with the despair. There's sorrow. Like I'm doomed. Yeah. I'm mourning in advance because I think I'm about to die. I really think that that's, he's fear and trembling. Then our friend, um, Dr. Alicia Britt she pointed out to us about a different woe. When Jesus used the word woe, she argued, and I am wrapping my mind around this, but there's good news in a woe Hmm. because you're still breathing and there's still time to change. Mm -hmm. Or in this case, there's time for God to change Isaiah we might come before a powerful creator on the day of judgment and see how powerful, how holy, how worthy he is. And we might have a woe of our own. Right. But for us and for Isaiah, there's time for God to change. Even in unholiness, if you've heard the woe, it's good news. Right. Well, woe heeds a warning. So it's mm-hmm. like the ship may be going down or the plane's going down. The dials are spinning, but there's a, whoa, like, whoa, we got to take care of some things. And I think even when we were looking up the word, just to kind of wrap our mind around it, the word, whoa, brings in a sense of a lack of hope, a mm-hmm. hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And I say what even Alicia Richelieu is saying, a, whoa, is not, it's a warning. And it should spark our interest of saying, whoa, I got to get some things together. Whoa, I do fall short of the glory of God. Where am I? choosing to fall short? Where am I, where am I living in sin? Where am I settling? Where like personal inventory check, like we still have a chance. If there's still breath in our lungs, we still can be, um, I don't know, called back to the right path of holiness in all regards. It's just a willingness on our behalf because the price has been paid. God already did it or Jesus already did it. Um, God, by setting his son and Jesus, by actually saying, yes, if this is the only way, Lord, that you, that I can separate, you know, your people from hell, then I'm going to die on the cross. So, yeah. And I look at what happens next in Isaiah six, six is mm-hmm. one of the seraphim flew to him with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongues of the altar before God with it, the seraphim touched Isaiah's mouth Mm -hmm. and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then he heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he said, Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Mm -hmm. 
And it goes on. You can see this is the calling Mm -hmm. and commissioning of Isaiah the prophet. Like Isaiah, there's an intermediary. His name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And like that seraphim touched Isaiah's lips and says, your sin is atoned for. I think to contrast holiness, there's sin that separates us from God. Right. And we are unholy, unworthy. Sin makes us unholy. Sin makes us unworthy. Mm -hmm. And we're born into a fallen world. Mm-hmm. And so that is our lot in life, except for the good news that Jesus came to make a way where there was no way he came to pay a, pay a debt right. that he didn't owe because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And that's the only hope right, for holy, because right. I can do nothing to make myself holy. I can't consecrate mm-hmm. myself, but I can submit to be consecrated by God. Mm -hmm. And then these instructions in the new Testament where Mm -hmm. Jesus says, be holy, therefore, because I'm holy. Mm -hmm. It's not me conjuring up holiness. It's not me trying to measure up with holiness through my works. It's me recognizing that it's by grace through faith Mm -hmm. that God's gift. He's the one that extended the scepter to me. If that imagery makes sense. Oh, for sure. And I never thought of this before. So this is me just thinking out loud is when Isaiah did have that experience in that counter, why did the seraphim have to do the coal from the altar and put mm-hmm. it on his lips to take that shame away to like yep. almost, I want to say anoint and appoint him, but like set something, set him apart in a way is because the Jesus had not yet come to earth. Yep. So it was that moment in the old Testament, which is Isaiah. And those are the scrolls that Jesus reads from when he does enter the scene, yep. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Jonathan read when he does enter the scene as a babe in a manger that he does, um, he does read from the scrolls of Isaiah. So it was a foreshadowing mm-hmm. and a prediction of Jesus's coming. Yes. So you might say, well, why did the seraphim have to anoint, like his sin should have been covered or paid for Well, Jesus had not yet died on the cross. So the tearing okay. of that holy of holies, which is like a four inch fabric that was torn you're right um that was torn when he's available yeah it was torn um that is when the holy spirit Mm -hmm. entered the scene so we read about acts entering the scene we read about all those other things of the the power of the holy spirit which is holy spirit so it's father son holy spirit so just kind of wrapping your mind around just the the timeline of everything might help if you have never read isaiah or you haven't read the new testament i would encourage you to uh maybe check out or do a little deep dive, get a a Bible dictionary if you need to or anything to help kind of solidify some of those questions you might have, or just let us know, but not that we have all the answers, but. Right. And, and so it's like, what do we do with the holiness of God? Right. What in the world do we do? Certainly bow in reverence, give him our worship because he's worthy. And this quote from a book called the holiness of God by Mm -hmm. RC Sproul says this, God's kingdom never will never come where his name is not considered holy. Hmm. I think there's a powerful implication with the knowledge of God and with the knowledge of the holiness of God, because we then become like Dave Ramsey, who always answers the phone and says, when people say, Hey Dave, how are you doing? He goes, doing better than I deserve. Mm-hmm. And I think he means this. If he doesn't, this mm-hmm. is what I mean when I say I'm doing better better than I deserve, because this is the realization that every believer 
has Mm -hmm. when we recognize our wretchedness and God's holiness Mm -hmm. and that God made a way where there was no way for us to be in right standing with him. Mm -hmm. We did nothing to deserve right relationship with God. We did nothing to deserve eternal life with God. We did nothing to deserve a knowledge of him. He did it all. Mm-hmm. And so with that, it's like, wow, I realize that I'm doing better than I deserve right. and I'm grateful and I bow in reverence, in awe, in worship. Right. But I think it commands an action that every name or every knee will bow and every tongue will confess when you come right. before the presence of God. It says in scripture that every knee will bow, mm-hmm. every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm because of his holiness, Mm -hmm. because of his great name, that his name is greatly to be praised. Yeah. And I think that Paul then after the gospel is writing instructions for what Mm -hmm. a successful life in Christ means. Yeah. And he prays twice in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and then Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And in both, he really wants to get this, that Ephesians 1 17, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glory, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the, what the eyes of your heart may be enlightened mm-hmm. to know the hope, which he has called you the riches of his glory and his inheritance in his holy people and the incomparably great power for us who believe. And he says it in the prayer for the church at Ephesus that we may have power verse 18 of chapter three to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that will be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That's amazing. And I think even looking at Paul's prayers, like Josiah just said right there is if you are wrestling with this question of God's holiness, and maybe you haven't experienced elements of God that you desire, I would say, start praying like Paul, start praying that God reveal yourself to me, help me to understand the Bible talks about wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask, and it will be given to you. Lord, I ask for wisdom in the situation. I ask for wisdom on how to navigate X, Y, and Z. So I would even say, Lord, reveal yourself to me through my quiet time. So reading, starting in Ephesians right there, chapters one and three, like Josiah said, reading through those and granted he's writing to Ephesus, but I'm like, We live in a crazy day and age where if they need the Bible way back then, how much more do we need the word of God now? Just of what's going on around us. We're in a different time, different era, but it is still relevant in God's word that never comes back void. So I just want to encourage you, if you're wrestling with this question or you have not yet experienced the holiness of God, I would begin to read scripture. I begin to pray that God would reveal himself and see what he does and, and, just say, God, I trust you. I don't know everything about you, but I'm going to trust that you're going to reveal yourself. I'm going to trust that you're going to move in my life and that I'm going to encounter something beyond this earth, meaning from the heavenly realms that is good, is godly. And I just want to just like, just say right now, like we serve a God of peace and order and, and holiness. So anything that God brings before you in those times, like it should feel good. It should, there should be some clarity. There should be some 
I don't know, realization that it mm-hmm. is from God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say, understand the holiness of God. And I'll be honest, I don't know if we can, if any human, if we can truly grasp the full implications of this concept without being in his presence. I mean, in his presence, Correct. physically in heaven, when I say that. Face to face. And, and in, until then, I think the prayer is like you were just saying, God, give me a greater glimpse of your yeah. glory, your majesty. God, help me to see more of you. Mm-hmm. Reveal yourself to me. These are amazing prayers mm-hmm. to press into, to yeah. press into the presence of God and to pursue him because he's went to great lengths yeah. to reveal himself through creation, mm-hmm. through people, through his word. Mm-hmm. And so it's our opportunity to press into him. Love the question. That's our stab mm-hmm. at it for today. And we'll continue to press in ourselves to know that, yeah. you know what, our words fall short to explain the glory and the holiness and the worth and the majesty yeah. of King Jesus. He's the King of all Kings. He's the Lord of all Lords. There's no other words. You're speechless. And, and there's no greater name. He's the name by which we're saved. That's right. And if you're newer to your journey of faith, this is actually a great place to start to know that God's name is above every other name. You're listening to the FYI podcast.